Before we get into this episode, we did want to give a trigger warning. There is brief conversation around suicide and death. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Almost 30. I'm Krista. I'm Lindsay. So glad you're here. I hope you're doing well. How are you? Let's take a breath. Take a breath. I've been doing that three deep breaths every morning. It's actually making a difference. Really? (laughs) Yeah. And just overall It's like stress. those simple practices that I talk about all the time on here that I don't actually do every single day. Yeah. Well, no one does them every single day. But I was like, oh, this That's actually... why we have the show so we can tell everyone to do everything, but then not do everything. <laughs> but just I, kidding. I was like, oh, that actually makes a difference. Yeah. I keep talking to someone who does breath work and they mm-hmm. keep alluding to me doing it. I know. And then another friend who keeps talking to me about doing Kundalini. Can everyone let me spiral? Let me be. <laughs> Please, well, we, no tips. I mean, you resisted therapy and then you love therapy. I know that's true. I feel like breath work, breath work is just harder. I mean, I know breath work would change my life. I just very, that's, I'm going to do, I've committed mid August to doing breath work every single day for really? an entire week. <laughs> I love, I like a week. Yeah. I like for, a week because it's intense. You definitely like, it's intense, but it's been so incredibly healing and every single time I resist doing it. So I'm like, oh, you know, this is this is the way. But I know that's what I've been thinking lately is like the things I'm resisting are the things I'm really should be looking at. When mm-hmm. it feels like it, it's the opposite, it feels like the things I resist would be my intuition telling me no. Right. But it's actually not been the case. And it's kind of messing me up. Yeah. To be honest, it's kind of really confusing kind of me because I'm because I'm confused now. I'm like, okay, so is this my intuition protecting me, or is this like something I need to be exploring mm-hmm. more, like breath work? Like Kundalini for mm-hmm. me is just it's kind of brought some crazy things into my life. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that right now. I've actually never done Kundalini. Oh, I've really? done like you know, yeah, at the end of the class. Yeah, that's about it. But yeah, I I find that in like with people or conversations, I usually, like if I like probably need to talk to my parents about something, like I usually just completely Same. avoid them, but I'm like, oh, that's a good boundary. But I really mm-hmm. should be talking to them. It's like with people, you know, I yes. notice that very, it's pretty obvious with, with people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Check in with yourself, guys. Check in with yourself. <laughs> check in with yourself. Check in with your routine. And I think, you know, and that pause really is just like, wow, we are here in August. It feels like the longest March ever. You know, mm-hmm. this year has just been so transformational yeah. for so many of us. And so, yeah, it's been... And if you haven't taken a pause, because I can imagine for at least for me, like being busy actually mm-hmm. kind of keeps some of those things at bay. But if you haven't, just know we're about to go into one and we'll be in the fire mm-hmm. with you. But yeah, it's, it can just be so confronting. So here to support you. And yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to today's conversation. We'll get into that in a moment with our friend, Marta Louise. Super powerful. She is so powerful. And yes, before we get into that, so we have our courses and our programs, shopalmost30.com. You can get workshops that with some amazing healers, leaders, and teachers there. And then we have our apparel, our mm-hmm. organic, created by female designers here in LA, non-toxic, all the things, the softest apparel ever on shopalmost30.com. And then too, you know, if you're interested in starting a podcast, we have your podcastpro.com. That's Y-O-U-R, podcastpro.com for anyone that wants to launch, grow, or monetize a podcast. We pretty much just took everything we've learned in the past four years in the biz and just put it in a really easy, accessible program course set that lives online. Yeah. We've been talking to some of our Podcast Pro graduates and people who are doing uh, the courses on their own. It's just been really cool to to kind of see where those roadblocks live and that, you know, having the information right in front of you, kind of having that hand holding that like the program is, is so much a part of the forward movement that they needed. So it was just really, I really enjoyed speaking to, um, to current and future podcasters because I just remember so vividly like when we were in the process and there's just those moments where you're like, how the fuck do I do this? I and know. it like holds you back for weeks on end and it's like, oh, it was just that. So we hope that this program, 
you know, will will solve those problems and help you to realize that with step by step, you can absolutely have the podcast of your dreams. Yes. Podcasting for life. It's changed our lives and we're happy to support you. We're really excited. On the show today is Marta Louise, who is a friend of our friends, a few of our friends, actually, mm-hmm. uh, Milana Snow and Shaman Durek. And I'll never forget, we were at Lindsay's old apartment having dinner. It was myself, Lindsay, Milana Snow, and Letitia Roll. And Milana talked about introducing Shaman Durek to Marta Louise. And, you know, she has such a good eye with so many things, love and relationships being one of them. And she was so excited because she saw a love connection. And now they are soulmates. They have been together, you know, in many lives, but in this life, just really, really making change, making waves and doing all they can to change the world. Yeah. Marta Louise is a part of the Norwegian royal family. She's a clairvoyant and just a light worker. And I just think it's it's just really cool to see someone with that position, you know, in the world, being so open about not only her gifts, but sharing with people that they have them too and that they can use it for good, whether it's our intuition or our ability to, you know, connect with angels and spirits. So this conversation is super dynamic. We talk about a lot. We talk about her relationship. We talk about, you know, the state of the world. We talk about you know, her daughters. And yeah, I just, I think it was really nice to, you know, hear from her in this way, just a really uh, candid conversation. Yeah. And if you want to listen to the episode on Tuesday with her love, Shaman Durek, you can get the full experience. In that one, we talk with Shaman Durek about their relationship. And in this one, we talk about their relationship with her. So it's just like a full 360 view of their love, which is so beautiful. So if you're interested in connecting with Marta Louise, you can connect with her on Instagram at I am underscore M-A-R-T-H-A-L-O-U-I-S-E. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for listening. As always, it means a lot to us. Um, if you pass this along to a friend or family member who you think would love this episode or any episode of Almost 30, it just helps us to organically grow this community that has been so special to us. So we thank you in advance and we will see you on the other side. Yeah, we'll see you soon. I'm excited to talk to you, especially about your experience as a clairvoyant. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, this is something that Krista and I are so interested in because we we have sensitivities and there are so many people in our community who do as well. And like it's it's so beautiful that this is becoming a commonplace conversation. Yeah. I'm excited. And it's so weird too. You know, I'll never forget I was sitting, um, we were at your house with Milana Snow. And it was, you know, when you and Shaman first started to get together and she was telling us about you and she's like, she's the best, she's the coolest, she's all these things. And she's like, yeah, I hooked her up with Shaman Durek. You know, I I felt like they'd be a connection. And I remember where I was sitting. I remember where I was. I remember the moment of hearing about this amazing connection. And it was one of those things that it crystallized in my mind as you guys really, really fell in love and as you guys really discovered each other within your spirituality. But it was just such a beautiful moment of Milana being like, yes, I am the matchmaker of the century. <laughs> I have created this beautiful duo. And just feeling the warmth in my heart of of you two finding each other is truly the most beautiful thing. And seeing Shaman Durek just really fall in love over the past months, knowing how what a loving person he is and what a powerful person he is to find his match has been so beautiful. So I just want to honor that for you. And I'm just so happy for you both. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was, it was very special. I mean, I met Milana first, obviously. Um, she became a dear friend of mine because she's amazing. And we were, and she was like, well, I don't know quite what we're supposed to do in each other's lives. And I was like, yeah, let's have a session, you know, and I'll give you a session. You give me a session. And then we kind of figured out, you know, Maybe they're, we're just supposed to be friends. Maybe we're supposed to work together. I don't know, you know, because there's always like, it's it's fun to find out why you connect with people. And then we had this amazing session where she had like this huge opening in her and she's talked about that, so I can as well, I guess. And she was like, oh my God, the only other person I felt this kind of opening with is Shaman Durek. You have to meet him, you know, and I see this connection between you two. And I was like, well, is that kind of a 
like a business kind or what, what kind of is that? She's like, I don't know. I just see lots of energy between you two. And then it took some time because I was in Norway and he didn't really respond and he was a bit slow because he didn't really want to get, you know, somebody introducing him. He was like, oh God, you know. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> uh, so he was a bit resistant um, to that. Uh, but it, um, but finally I came to his house and I walked in the room and I just saw him and I said, I know you already. Mm. And he was like, yes, we were destined to meet long before we were born. You know, like this. And I was just kind of internally rolling my eyes for another line. <laughs> yeah, like, like, oh, kind of- another line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but then, I mean, I came together with a few friends and started reading everybody and like seeing um, just from like doing the bone reading and seeing what kind of types of people we are and he could say anything. And I was like, oh, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> um, and then, you know, this deep friendship came from that meeting and we spent a lot of time on the phone and we met as often as we could. And every time we met, we felt as though, you know, there was just too little time. Even if we had like three days mm. together, it was too little time to catch up. It was like we were catching up mm. some old lives that we'd had together, you know. And then after quite some time, he realized that his mother had talked about meeting me uh, when he was 15. Uh, and he didn't remember until his his friends from that time called him and were like, do you remember your mom saying, <laughs> you know, this about you t- meeting the princess of Norway and everything? And, and then he remembered and yeah. And then I'm so happy to have met him. He's just the most amazing guy. Oh, he had the best things to say about you during our interview and just the way that you love, the way that you both love each other and the way that you support one another. So he had the vision when he was, you know, his mother had the prediction of you. Did you ever have the feeling, you know, throughout your life that you would be with someone like Shaman? Actually, yes. When I was little, I I felt very different than other people because uh, being clairvoyant or seeing things like spirits and things like that was not like... It was not a thing that is natural in Norway uh, at all to talk about. Like in in LA, like now everybody I meet is like talking about and I'm like, oh my God, it's so freeing. But in Norway, it's very like shameful. We've hit it. And, And so there wasn't, I couldn't really talk to anybody. I understood that this was weird and different and people didn't understand. And so... And also because I was so sensitive as a child, you know, I always felt what other people were feeling. I didn't want to like upset them or do anything like that. So, but when I was little, I, when I was still like open to this world of um, seeing spirits and aura around things and all that, um, which was basically a bit into when I started school, I had this feeling of what it would be like to be with Dirk. And it was this uh, immense love and just walking into the room, he wouldn't see me instantly. You know, like he would, he would like, I knew the feeling of having that kind of connection where I knew that he always had my back and he would always, as soon as I walk in the room, he could see if I was upset, if I was happy, how he could go in all directions. There was nothing, nothing threatening for him about me. And which I met in a lot of people that I felt that a lot of people were threatened by me either because of my strength or because I see things and that's scary because they haven't really recognized that part in themselves. And so I had this notion when I was little about this and I, I, and then, but then I didn't meet anybody like that. I didn't meet anybody who could actually see me at all. You know, like yeah. who had that kind of perception and to look look beyond. And I and I when I was fifteen, I became really mad at this person who didn't show up. <laughs> and I was sure that I was supposed to meet him before I was fifteen. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> and, uh, and so when I became fifteen, I was like, This is it, I'm not going to believe in this crap anymore. <laughs> and then I just closed it off and I became quite mad and I Try to turn off everything about my sensitivity and um, and that part of me, and became even more lonely and felt even more different. Uh, not only because I was a princess, but also because I had that kind of 
um, way of looking at the world, which is so different from everybody around me. And, and then I just sort of molded into society, I guess, like we all do at some point, you know, when you feel too different or too, yeah, weird, I guess. And so when he came back to my life, it was like, yeah, that's what it was. It was like, oh, I know you already. Wow, this is him. I, and, and I remember that feeling when I was little, feeling that connection because it's like so wide. I can, you know, like there's nothing that will scare him or I can talk about anything. I can be goofy. I can be childish. I can be... Uh, strong, I can be, you know, powerful, I can be angry, I can be happy, I can be sad, you know, and, and nothing affects him. Is He's always holding space for me. And, and that's the kind of person he is. And yeah, so it's been amazing meeting him. Yeah, I think it's, you know, to hear that, it just reminds me like when a relationship is so right, like there is just so much healing that happens within the relationship. So I'd love to like dig in there where what parts of you have been healed since getting together with Derek? I mean, I started on my spiritual journey very early. So I've been kind of a front runner in Norway, like going against the stream and being this very, I think for some very irritating (laughs) person. (laughs) Because I've always just said, why can't we just be who we are? You know, and, and I, I see spirits and I, I talk to angels and I'm going to start a spiritual center, uh, to teach people about connecting back to their angels because we all have our guardian angel and to go inward and really discover who you are and to get that strength back of having your intuition back and really connecting to your soul again. Because I find it so weird that that we come to earth as souls and we get this this body uh, for our souls to express itself through and then we just cut out the soul. And we just move up into our heads and we walk around believing that we are our bodies and not our souls. And that to me is so weird that we want to do that and not express our soul and get to that powerful connection of how the soul really can express itself in this world and really connect to all parts of ourselves. And so I started this center and and so I have done a lot of inner journey for myself, but I think what really is still healing is, is my you know, all the hurt of what other people have said or done or that I've always been shameful for having this position of always being the one like going, wearing off to the left and saying, no, I'm not going to follow the herd. I'm going to go my own way. And that's been challenging for my family, you know, who's, you know, my father's the king of Norway and, and the rest of my family are very traditional and they, although they're very playful, they're very, you know, they, are very curious on life and are very open-minded, but still they have their, they have to represent Norway and they have to be there for the people. And so when I say, well, I'm going to start a spiritual center, they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and then uh, <laughs> they're like, can't you just have tea? <laughs> yes, exactly. Can't you just be a normal princess cutting ribbons and, yeah. and giving speeches? And I do that too. Mm-hmm. I have that part too. So I work with the disabled. Mm. Um, but there's been so much negativity uh, against me, really, from I was in my teens, but Definitely after I started my spiritual journey. I mean, I have had psychologists, psychiatrists, all the medicals, you know, saying that I was dangerous for people because I would lead them into uh, craziness and mental illness. And I've had the historians saying, you know, that I should be basically burned at the stake, that I was like, I should not be part of the royal family. I've had the press uh, after me, like completely. There's been debates. There's been men going after me, women going after me. Um, How can I, how dare I stand up and say that angels exist, angels exist, and I should stop being a princess, and my father should denounce my title, and everything like that. And so it's been, it's been tough. And also, you know, when I got together with 
Shaban Durek because he's even more in that field. You know, like, I think also I've been very cautious about showing people who I really am, uh, like in the public or, I mean, I talk about it and people know, but what I talk about is like this much and they think, Ooh, that's too much, you know? So, uh, so I'm kind of normal <laughs> normally and not talk so much about these things. But then, you know, my journey has just expanded even more of these parts of me. And so meeting Dirk is really opening up even more doors and daring to speak up even more and daring to be who I am even more and, and moving out of that shamefulness of being different, I think, and actually embracing the part of me that I'm here to express, which I think is this part that I make different choices than others in my family may help others to do, to dare to choose their own path as well. Um, and that's what I've seen lately that there's lots of negativity in the press every week about Derek and me. And, but people uh, contact me saying, you know, you really helped me dare be who I am. And thank you for standing up for your beliefs and never change. And we believe in love. And, you know, and that, that's not the part that comes into the press because in Norway, we're very judgmental as a nation. And so it's very easy to just judge people and they don't understand anything of where Dirk is coming from, you know? So Shaman Dirk is like, and the people are not very happy that I'm with him. And also, you know, that I've met after I, I got together with him, I've met, you know, um, racism for really the first time in my life because I'm lighter skin. And so I haven't met that part. I've heard about it and I've, I've opposed to it, you know, and I felt deeply about it, but it's not, I haven't really experienced it like physically. And being with him has really opened my eyes to a world that, I never knew existed and I, I thought it was long gone. And in America, it's more open like that. But in Norway, we kind of pull the wool over our eyes and because it doesn't concern us and it's fine. It doesn't really exist. Some people are racist, but I'm not kind of thing. And then to realize that I am part of that system, that I have white privilege, that I, that I actually have uh, rested in that was just such a, an eye-opener for me to really start digging even deeper on all levels of myself, which I think all lighter skin people should do these days and really turn every stone on how this system has engraved itself in us uh, subconsciously. Because it's not that we want to be mean, but it's, it works for us. So it's nice, you know, we can, we can just lean into that system and it's kind of great for us. And it's been such an eye opener and a huge growth for me to stand up and speak out about that. And also getting a lot of criticisms of that, of course. So being with him has opened up so many new doors. And I think also a much deeper love than me, because when you, Start loving somebody else like that and, and opening up space that and then you kind of deepen your self-love as well. And in that way, you start respecting and, and loving others in a deeper way too. So I find that I have, and also get more clear on who I am and what I can take and what I can't take. Because, you know, there are, I think this whole journey that we're on now with the coronavirus or the COVID-19 right now and everything happening in the world, everything, you know, all these things coming up that we need to root out and and clear. Uh, you know, it's so important that we, we seek that, but it's also in our personal lives, I think, it's really important. It happens out there, you know, with Black Lives Matter and, and everything that comes up with, with all of this in the whole world, um, but it's also within all of us that we need to start reshaping and and step up to the new vibration that's come in and that is also on a level of friends that you have lingering from the past kind of thing that might not be there 
in the same way for you anymore and like new friends coming in or whether it's a new job or whether it's, uh, you know, new things that comes in because you're changing your frequency. And when you change your frequency, new things start coming in, you know, and, and I find that such an amazing journey as well. And I think we all need to open our eyes to that change that we're in. I mean, I could only imagine. And it feels like when we look back in history, so many people, you know, some of the great spiritual healers and leaders are the most crucified. So just honoring you in that. And also too, you know, being with Shaman Dirk is probably the most healing person for that. I mean, I'll talk to him when we're going through something and he is like so empowering. I leave and I'm like, oh, yes. I, I am actually totally fine. What No one can say anything about me. I feel great about who I am in my life. It is like the ultimate shield for that. So I was just smiling when you were talking about that. And what I have been criticized a lot for in my, my life is that um, spiritual work is so egocentrical. It's so egoistic because you focus on you, 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 you're on me, 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 me. And then I become this amazing person who has no fault. And that is totally not the way I see it. Before I started this uh, journey, uh, I was really scared of being who I was. I was not happy. I was kind of depressed without knowing it. And I was so insecure. I had stage fright like crazy. I was a perfectionist. I was trying to live up to everybody's expectation. I was exhausted. I took in everything from everybody. Uh, of emotions and pains and didn't know how to turn it off. And I was really lost in my own world. And when I started this journey of, of having that connection with my angels and I started doing angel writings where I was like listening to what they were saying and just writing whatever came into my system, you know, and started this inner journey and my whole life started changing without me knowing it, you know, and I became much clearer uh, about who I am. I, Suddenly, I thought I was evil deep down. This was one of my huge beliefs. And that one day people will, would discover that. And that's why I had to be so nice all the time to cover up that I was really, really mean and horrible deep down. But then through this deep work that I was doing, I discovered that I had this, this source of love that was in my core and not this evil being, you know? And, and suddenly my whole perception of myself changed. I became much more secure in myself. I could be able to stand there in front of everybody um, who were against me and be okay with it. And having that strength and see it, having that self-love and really opening up to the acceptance of who you are opens also the doors of acceptance to others. So today I'm not as judgmental as I was before. I, I don't expect that much of other people as I did before. I can actually see who they are and it's okay to be whoever they are. And I, I meet them from a more perspective of unconditional love that I did before. And it's so important, I think, that we realize that when we go inward and really connect to ourselves, it actually opens up the world for seeing others and actually meeting others on a deeper level and in such a powerful way where we can actually dare to see the light in other people because when we are in fear ourselves, that's what we see in others. So we need to hold other people down for ourselves not to feel that fear. And so we start having all these systems where I'm better than you, where the girls together, you're not with us, you know, you're not cool enough, or that you're into this and this kind of clothing. And if you're not with the, and you don't have those clothes on, you can just forget it, you know, like all these things. And it doesn't matter to me anymore. You know, it's yeah. not, that's not what makes me tick. And I think that when people realize that going inwards and actually doing that inner journey opens up this love for nature, for animals, for the planet, for reconnecting to being here on earth with love to ourselves and our fellow beings, whatever nationality, whatever religion, whatever sexual preference, you know, it's it's such a different way of being in the world. So I totally disagree that it's an uh, egoistic way of living going inwards. It's opening up to the possibilities of seeing the world from love. Mm. Yeah, I think we learn about 
who we are in those moments of contrast. So the way that you have been treated or the way in which you felt like you've had to shut off your gifts and judge yourself for those, like it's in that contrast that it kind of shows us how we want to be in the world because we've seen and experienced what is so painful and and evil in a way. And I'd love to, you know, I'd love to talk about the press only being witness to how the European press operates. I think it's like a whole other beast. Like American press is crazy. And I also think like the European press, I'd like to know like how the public is almost like dependent on the press to tell them exactly what's going on with the royals. Normally they're like, they see through it. And um, I remember when I was in my teens and my first negative press came and, and the press at that time was really intense. They would like pay fellow students to tell stories about us or to spy on my brother and me and they would hide in bushes and they would and jump out when I came by or my friends came by or my boyfriend at the time. They would follow us in cars and drive up on the side and, you know, and, and have a huge camera in your face. They would follow me 24-7. And it, it was really, really tough uh, as a teenager that was so sensitive. And I, I went to the psycho- uh, psychologist uh, for, for that. And, and he was like, why don't you just walk over to them and talk to them and do something new, take action, like do something to get that power back. Don't just give that power away because I felt like they were taking every bit and piece of me and just twisting it to something, whatever they wanted to, you know, and it was just really, uh, it didn't feel good at all. And so I started doing that. So whenever I saw them, which was every day, basically outside my flat, I would walk over, I would knock on their window and I would go put, pull the w- window down and they did. And I was like, so how does it feel to follow a, a 20 year old girl around like this? Is that a, a real proper way to earn a living? Um, do you do you do you have good conscience for doing this? You know, and I started saying <laughs> that to them. You know, and they were like, uh, 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 "Yeah, I make good money on this." You know, but afterwards, when when like fifteen years later, and after this, they have come back to me and these journalists and said, "We were so scared of you because you yes. were fierce. You came over and you just gave love <laughs> that." told so much truth and some of them even quit because of it, you know, because they felt, no, it's true. I'm not really, you know, being up to my potential. I'm not really using my time. I'm earning good money, but is this really how I want to earn money to follow a 20 year old woman around or girl around and just to like sell her in the press. And so, so yeah, it's been, it's been hard. And also when uh, friends have, Told stories, you know, that I thought were friends. Uh, I remember just before, the, three days before my wedding in in two thousand two, uh, Ari, my ex husband, uh, my husband at the time, he, uh, he his best friend sold our story or his story with pictures three days before our wedding, you know, and and those kind of things really get to you because you, it's a person you thought you could trust. And so there's been some like that uh, experience. But all in all, the press, I think, like the good press, the ones that really tell the story, I think it's, at least in Norway, is different from America in that we actually trust the people that are in charge of the country. Like we have a more direct line from um, the <laughs> prime minister. Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more of this life. <laughs> yeah, from the prime minister, uh, Anna Solberg is an amazing woman. And she works very closely, you know, with the health minister and, uh, and with, um, with the, the different departments of health in this country. Um, and they're very transparent and they tell us what's happening all the time. And, and, and when we have listened, they, things have gone really well. So now we're in a very good position with COVID-19. And and that's a different from America, I find, because then nobody really knows what's going on. Everybody, some people are saying this, some people are saying that. You don't know who you're supposed to trust and you don't know who you can trust. And the people you might trust might be the ones you shouldn't trust. And how do you know the difference? And so that's a totally different side and, and therefore also a very different press. 
While in Norway, like for example, on the COVID-19 or on matters like that, it's very, it's very synced with what is true to the health ministry or, or what's going on. And it's very open. It's, you know, like New Zealand, uh, very straightforward. Mm. It's very, yeah, direct. And then, of course, there's always cases and things and, and different, but in, but all in all, we feel as though we can trust our government kind of thing, which is different from uh, America. I find that a lot of people don't trust the government. They don't trust, you know, the people who are speaking up. And, and that's a, a very hard situation to be in. And that leads to the chaos, I think, that you see today. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's quite chaotic. For um just on your late husband, just like the grief and the grieving process, especially with children. What was that like and to be public and to have it all out there? You know, how were you able to get through that as a mom and as, you know, a wife at the time? My ex-husband, my late husband now, um he was mentally challenged for many years. And, and so the last period of his life, he, he was very mentally challenged. And it came as a shock, of course, when he committed suicide on, on Christmas Day. It's been um, a journey of the deepest despair and going through all emotions from anger to bitterness, to sadness, to remembering all the good times we had together. Oh, baby. And of course, to see my kids going through this as well has been really hard. But I've really, um, I think, you know, in the beginning, you were in such a shock. And I must say, it was a blessing that, Shaman Durek was with us through that period because he was he was the only one who managed to do something. <laughs> you know, he was the only one who who acted and when we were all when we didn't know what to do. And the kids were, of course, sad and everything in despair. And this time now from, from December till now has been a real growth in being honest with our feelings in the family. Like the kids and me having this amazing connection and trust in that we can express ourselves however we are. Whether we're angry today or whether we are sad or whether we don't understand or if we have questions you know and I must say we have had so much help from from the professionals as well the psychologists and the crisis team and you know all these people who come in in Norway it's a very it, luckily it's a good system in place so we've managed to to yeah unreal all these different emotions and also discovering that no emotion is bad you know, not feeling bad because I feel angry or feel bad because I feel bitter or I feel lonely or why did he have to leave me, you know, with the whole responsibility of the children by myself, you know, and all this, all these different emotions that you go through. And it has been such a growth on, for the kids as well to express their emotions. And that's been very beautiful, actually. The sad part is that Shaman Durek hasn't been here since March because of the COVID-19. So that's been really hard for me. But on the other hand, COVID-19 and quarantining has also been a blessing for us because we had time uh, without anyone pulling at us from the outside because everything was cancelled. There was nothing that I was supposed to do. And, and they had homeschooling and... And so we were here and it was such a blessing to be here, just the, the four of us together, because I have three girls. Mm-hmm. And, and it, that was really beautiful. And we, ha- and we have a new like harmony in the family, I find, um, and a new depth 
of connection. Yeah, and that's been beautiful. And my daughter, uh, Maud, the oldest, she's uh, 17, she had this amazing speech at her dad's funeral that really touched the whole nation. And she, we were in the largest church in, in Oslo and the cathedral. And she, she dared to stand there in front of everybody on camera and having this amazing speech about how um, people should never think that nobody loves them and that they won't be missed if they commit suicide. And please, if you have these kind of thoughts, mm. please remember that there are people that will love you and will miss you. And she was talking about her dad in such amazing ways and helped so many people through her speech. Got chills. So that's also been a blessing and how there's so many people who said that they would commit suicide, but who didn't because of her speech. And she's wrote that speech all by herself. And yeah, so that that's also been a blessing through these things that different quality come, qualities come out and her strength has really started shining in the world. Three girls. Thank you for. I'm sorry, and she's also because her father was a painter and and an author, and she has the same gift. And she started paint. She had she had a painting or a drawing of her dad that she she had there, and also she's drawn his spirit, which is a fox because he loved the fox, and with um, what was that called in English? Peacock feather in its mouth, and and that is also charity. So she's having that in his an exhibition now of his art. And she has that, those two two pictures there. Um, and the people who buy them, then money go to Leve, which is an organization for suicide and working um, prevention against suicide and also for families who have experienced suicide. So she's really, yeah come into her own through this as well. Wow. Thank you for sharing for sharing all of that. And you know, I I think about like the children and how, you know, deeply sensitive they are and for them to be able to witness your grieving. And I do think it is healing. I think I grew up and my parents never kind of showed when they were going through things, but I just think it's like a very beautiful way to to bond with your children, but also more importantly, give them permission to feel what they feel. What have what have your daughters taught you just about you know being human and and being in in this world that's so unknown and can be so challenging? How have they grounded you? The first thing that I learned from my oldest daughter, because she came first, obviously, is that when a baby comes into this world, you have such a golden opportunity to go through all your traumas because you suddenly see them as you. Like you, you suddenly see that they react to things like you did when you were little, and that will. Give you, get you back to a trauma you might have, you know, for example, of not wanting to go into a room with lots of people. And then suddenly I would remember, oh my God, I always had that when I was little. And then to start, you know, opening up that room in me and seeing all that anxiety and all these fears I had for being around people and how I would see them, you know, when, with all these different masks on. And I would be scared of people because we lie all the time. People lie all the time. Even when you ask, how are you? People go, oh, I'm fine. And I was like, no, you're not fine. You're really angry or you're really bitter or you're really sad or whatever that person was. And I was starting to like be really scared of people because nobody tells the truth, even from just asking, how are you? You know, and so this kind of world, I didn't understand that kind of connection or communication that we had. Um, so all this came up for me, for example, and how how you can heal yourself through what your your kids remind you of your own life, 
is so interesting. And when you see that perspective on bringing up children, it's so amazing because they teach you something all the time whenever you get triggered. I've really learned to stand my ground. I've never been that angry before. Like I've not been a kind of person um, who I've been scared of my anger. I think that's more that I've not come out with it. Like we holding back your anger and always being polite and nice and, you know, but with my kids, I mean, you know, and they just push and push and push your boundaries and all kids do this. My kids are no exception. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> and you really get into that space of like, no, this is not okay. You cannot do this. And really feeling that strength and getting that out as well is just so powerful. And then they might not respect you even then, but I mean, you're still getting it out and, and having this understanding and also how you can unravel their power and their beauty and their, um, whatever they're here to do in the world and just hold space for them. That has been a huge learning for me that you don't have to be from above down going, no, 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 this is how you're supposed to be. You're supposed to fit into this square no I've been and and also when I was with my ex-husband or my late husband that we always we were always so uh, you know inspired by what they were saying and always listened to them and I remember like this this is the kind of parents we were it's kind of crazy but so my oldest when she was like three she would she had porridge for breakfast and she took it into the tea room and she sat down and she started taking the porridge and putting it on the wall <laughs> as a painting. <laughs> and I was okay. like, Maud, you cannot do that. Da, 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 da. I was starting telling her off and, and my late husband came in and he was like, Martha, this is art. Don't you see? This is her expression of who she is. Love <laughs> you know, that. I almost like... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't listen to him at all because I was so mad. But, but then, but of course, you know, like this is how it all. And she's like, "Don't be angry with her. She's expressing herself. We can wash this off the wall. It doesn't matter, you know." And and having that kind of understanding of kids was also inspiring for me because I learned a lot from him in the way he saw, you know, the world and, and children as well. And he would always be very inclusive with them and play with them. And when he painted, he would like paint on the floor and having the campus on the floor. And then he would have the children on his back while he was painting on the floor, you know, like that kind of guy. And so, and so, yeah, so we learn so much of boundaries of, of, of listening, I think, to their wisdom because children are extremely wise. We underestimate their wisdom. For sure. Like we should sit down and listen to children everywhere, every day. And we would be in a different kind of world than we are today. And, and so really having that openness uh, for their soul to prosper kind of thing has been an amazing journey. And, and, and also that love that you get from them for them uh, and from them, but definitely the opening of the heart that you have when you, 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 I never thought that kind of love existed. It, it's so powerful and it's so deep and it's so different than everything else. And it just widens and widens with every kid. And so, yeah. And to really see that they're individuals and just to, I mean, my daughters are so different, so extremely different. And, it's so amazing to, yeah, to, to see that difference and really acknowledge it and uh, honor it uh, instead of putting them into boxes that you're supposed to be like this and where this family is like this and then you fit into that box. Our community, our, our angels, they love them, so interested in them. Do you work with any specifically or, or what is the way in which that you work with angels? So I met my guardian, well, I didn't actually meet him, but that, that was when I consciously was in contact with him uh, when I was in my 20s. And I say him, they're androgynous. I don't know how to say that word in, in English. <laughs> androgynous. Androgynous. But this kind of powerful love source uh, of light that they are. And 
I remember when first time I came in contact with them, I read this book called Major a Guardian Angel and I had this smell of roses come into the room. That was the only thing. There was no, I didn't see anything. There was a smell of roses and then I, I felt this immense, powerful love streaming towards me. And I recognized that energy from when I was little and I was like, oh, that's my angel. Oh, I get it. And I think many people... Uh, have that connection, but they think that's not your guardian angels. That's just something that I connect to or, you know, have, have by me or don't even think about that they have that kind of connection with. And so when I realized that, I was like, oh, so this is what it is. And I was just like this whole world, you know, from my childhood came back where I I could communicate with them and I was there with them and they they said things to me and I saw things and and that kind of space opened up again for me. And so I def I'm definitely in contact with my guardian angel a lot. Um, I think it's very important that we don't think that we always have to see them. Because I find a lot of people who are, because we talk about clairvoyance, right? That's seeing things. But you know, like being in the world, if we're only going to see things and not experience the, uh, the, the kinesthetics or the hearing or the you know, the smell, all these different things, this world would not be as interesting. So that's the same in the spirit world. We experience with all our senses there too. It's seeing, it's hearing, it's knowing, it's feeling, it's smelling, you know, it's all tasting. It's all the different, all our different ways of experiencing. And you might not see anything. And I think a lot of people expect that they should, should see something, you know, that's the way to do it. And uh, sometimes you just get an, a sense like I did, this loving presence next to me that I just felt. I didn't see anything, and I'm very visual, you know. And and it's and then sometimes it's just the feeling, or it's just a knowing, even, or it's just a feeling that pops up in you, or it's just a color, or it's just a touch on your shoulder, or you're on your toe, or wherever on your head, or your hair stands on it, or you, or you feel cold or warm, or whatever comes in. But we, again, we just judge ourselves into a box of I want to see it in this way and maybe spirit wants it to be completely different from you for you so really be open when you want to communicate with your angel be open to whatever comes in whether it's you know hearing a word or a tone knowing something feeling something smelling something or tasting something or seeing something a light or a color or whatever but don't expect or want so hard to see something that you 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 oversee everything else that's going on, and I think that's a huge uh, misunderstanding. And a lot of people go into that trap of of wanting to to be in one way, and we expect it to be in that way, and it can't be that easy as me just knowing that that's how it is, because it's so natural for us. And we're so used to through school and through uh, anything in the world uh, that is supposed to be really hard work and supposed to be, uh, you know, you have to work and work and it takes um, a lot of you know, lots of hours, and and when suddenly something is so natural to us, we think that it, oh, that was too easy, that can't be it, you know, and 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 we and we look away from that. And what I I experienced, and I've seen a lot of people experience this after I started working with this uh, spiritually and leading other people, is that we have our, the answer within us already, you know, but it's but we push it aside because it can't be that. It can't be just that I need to start working out or it can't be that I just need to write things down or it can't be that, you know, it's normally small, easy steps that come first, but maybe going to the gym mean, uh, means that you will meet a person that will take you to a whole different level in your life, for example, or writing these things down will be suddenly become a book that you become a bestseller or you don't know what, why they're saying it to you. You have no idea. So just start doing it. You know, like just start whatever comes up, even if it's tiny, if it, you know, small, small things that you, you think is so irrelevant that it can't be the answer. And when you start acknowledging every little detail like that, and, and then, and then suddenly you understand that, oh, I didn't see the big picture in this at all. You know, I should have 
lesson long time ago. And and I've seen that when when people get in touch with their guardian angels or with their back in touch with their heart and their soul, and you start asking what what's actually there, they say, Oh, but it can't be that because I, I knew that already. That that's something I've had for years. I'm like, why haven't you done anything about it if you've known it for years? Why haven't you taken that step? Because that's what your heart or your guardian angel, whoever you're speaking to at the time, is telling you. Uh, and you don't know why that is. But we have so much resistance of following spirit. We're all like, please show me a sign. You know, I want to walk the spiritual path. And I've been like this a lot in my life. And then I'm like, what did you want me to do? Seriously? I'm not doing that. No, nope. that, that's for somebody else. I am not doing that. I'm not fronting this for everybody. I'm not being the main person in this. No way. Uh-uh. It's too hard. Give me another task. And then I and then I try to listen to another task and it's the same thing coming up all the time. And I'm like, no, nope, no. Nope. And there's this huge resistance of what I'm supposed to do. And I know what I'm supposed to do, but I seriously don't want to do it. This is much too hard. And it's just like that's somebody that's for somebody else and not for me. And I think a lot of people have that. Like we want to be on our spiritual path, but we want it to be so nice and smooth and happy. And we're all these loving beings. We have no bad feelings and we have no bad sides to ourselves. And, you know, I think that's quite dangerous to to think that way about yourself because you really avoid all the darkness that sits within you and all your shadow. And that's growth. That's really... You know, if you think that you're not angry, I'm just love, you know, I'm just light. No, you're a human being. You have the whole spectrum from the light, you know, the lightest lights to the darkest darkness and it's all within you. And we need to acknowledge that and really see into the depth of our souls and ourselves and where we hide all these different emotions that we don't want to acknowledge that that are part of us. And so that they can come out from the subconscious into the light and actually be seen and transformed. And, and so we can own more of ourselves. And the more we dare to go within ourselves and see all these nitty gritty, horrible sides of ourselves in acceptance, the, the sooner we will, you know, wake up to love and go into the next dimension here on earth. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny when like angels and guides tell you to do something and nudge you to do something. It has so much more for you than just what you think on the surface. So you being kind of like this leader in your country, but not for what you were necessarily born into, but for something much bigger. And also like along the way, learning all of the lessons that your soul is here to learn and all of the healing. So there's always such a bigger plan and they're there along the way to support and guide you still. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're alone. I've been such a great support mm-hmm. um, because they always, the angels always get me to see the, the love in the situation and not just because I go, can go into fear or anxiety or anger or frustration or that this is so unfair, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I feel I can't do it, you know, yeah, discouraged. And, and, and the angels are always there with this loving view and they come with a different angle. There's like, have compassion with yourself, um, see where this triggers you, you know, and, and I also find that whenever there is something out there that I mean, written about me in the press or about Dirk me or whatever, that really triggers me, um, that I get upset about then they're like, well, that's a new lesson for you to learn. Because there's always a trigger. If there wasn't a trigger, I would be healed. Mm -hmm. So it means that the press or people who are mean to me or whatever, they're showing me something within me that's not healed, Mm -hmm. something that needs to be healed, something that needs to be addressed and needs to, that I need to grow through and really look at. And they're like putting it, in my face so that it's so clear that I can't avoid it. And I'm really grateful and and thankful for all those lessons, however hard they are, 
we are here to learn. And our biggest teachers are the ones who are kind of the worst people we know. <laughs> sad, <laughs> because they trigger sad, us but true. most. <laughs> yeah. You've had a lot of lessons. You've had a lot of teachers and just honoring that is so powerful. And um, you are such a special, you know, human in the world, woman in the world, starseed in the world. And we're so grateful that you got to come on. It's not every day that you interview someone like you who's so heart-centered and kind and cool and loving and multidimensional and dating a friend and you know all the things. So it has been such a joy and a delight. And I look forward to meeting you in person. Hopefully, you know, when everything clears in Los Angeles, it would be wonderful. Yeah. Yes. This was a gift. Thank you so much for having me on the Almost podcast. It was- <gasps> Really great meeting you like this. And I'm also looking much forward to meeting you in person for sure. I cannot wait. Thank you so much, Marta Louise. That was such a joy. And again, if you want to hear the full experience, you can listen to Tuesday's episode with Shaman Durek. And you can follow Marta Louise on Instagram at I am underscore M-A-R-T-H-A Louise. And yeah, thank you for listening. We appreciate you just showing up and, you know, passing anything that you learn, whether it's just one thing to someone close to you. It means a lot to us and we're here for you. Yep. Shopalmost30.com for workshops, courses, apparel, downloadables to assist you in your evolution. And we'll see you every Tuesday, Thursday. Bye, everyone. Bye.